people from around the world have been praying for DeMar Hamlin. Today, we celebrate DeMar's recovery, our love for DeMar, and our gratitude. Just a lot of feeling of uncertainty of, you know, what it was going to feel like to go back out there, but obviously the first kickoff, and you couldn't have scripted any better. He's got an alley down the right sideline. Touchdown, Naheem Hines! What a tribute to DeMar. Just wanted to come out and, and play free, play loose, play for him. They're going places for DeMar Hamlin today, guys. A celebration of number three, DeMar Hamlin. He got the game ball as well as our trainers, so there's a good feeling in there right now. The entire NFL rallying around DeMar Hamlin and some incredible news today, truly a miracle. DeMar Hamlin has been fully cleared to resume football activities as announced by Bills GM Brandon Bean. And if it seems unbelievable because the images of what happened to him and when he collapsed on the field are still in your mind, look at this, okay? This just video coming right in from the Bills where you see DeMar Hamlin actually at practice the Buffalo Bills tweeting, the journey continues for Hamlin Island. What an incredible visual picture to imagine what he's been through and how far he's come. Here's Damar Hamlin speaking about it today. Over these last few months, um, I've been on a journey and I've seen, you know, some of the top professionals across the country. And their answers to me were pretty much all the same. They were the same. And... This event was life-changing, but it's not the end of my story. So I'm here to announce that I plan on making a comeback to the NFL. My heart is still in it, you know. My heart is still in the game. Uh, I love the game. Um, it, it's something I want to prove to myself, not nobody else, you know. Uh, it's just I just want to show people that, that fear is a choice, um, that, you know, you can keep going in something without having the answers and without knowing what's at the end of the tunnel or, you know, you might, you might feel anxious, you might feel any type of way, you know, but you just keep putting that right foot in front of the left one and you keep going. I want to stand for that. Even just seeing him speak gives me chills when you think about how far all of us have come through this journey, but certainly DeMar and his yeah. family first and foremost. Marcus Spears, Louis Riddick, Diana Rossini here with us as we welcome you into NFL Live. Marcus, how would you describe this news from Hamlin and even just seeing him out there at practice once again with the Bills today? Well, you described it when you were opening up, Boogie, and that's a miracle. Um, I think it just chronologically where we all were that night in Cincinnati to the point that we're at now and watching so many people um, rally around DeMar and the support that he received from Bill's Mafia, but people throughout the world, and the support he received from his own teammates, which was, and, and his family first, and his teammates, which are the most important group. But when you hear him right there, and, and I think, you know, this has been indicative of what the DeMar Hamlin story has been about since uh, we witnessed what we witnessed with him on the field, and that's overcoming things and, and turning um, what could potentially be tragedy into triumph. and. Now he's taking the steps to get back on the football field. And the way that we are wired as football players is what came to my mind. Um, you do put one foot in front of the other. You do know that this journey is going to come with adversity, not his type of adversity, but you know it's going to come with some adversity to your body, to your mind, and the things that you do to prepare to be good in this game. But it's just a rare trait that some guys have where they can go out and have that same type of mentality to go after what you wanted. And I think the most important thing is DeMar Hamlin hadn't forgot 
from childhood and being a kid what his dream was. And it was to play in the NFL. And he recognizes that and he wants to continue that. And just like we supported him on the road to recovery, I expect people to support him on his road to getting back on the football field. I'm so happy for him. Yeah, it's a it's an emotional thing to to listen to him articulate the path that he is on and, and kind of the lessons that he's learning and at the same time teaching all of us about overcoming fear, about not having answers but still pressing forward anyway. And here he has, you know, he doesn't have answers as to exactly what it's going to look like for him once he steps out on the football field again, once he does face a wide receiver coming across the middle. Like, how he's go, how is he going to respond? What is it going to feel like? He described the emotional roller coaster that he is on right now, trying to really process those kinds of feelings, but he's not scared of it. And he said, look, he's not scared of it because he's been beating odds his whole life, which was another thing that he said. I mean, these are just life lessons that a guy 25, 26 years old, who the very thing that he loves the most, the thing that has given him a platform to teach people around the world about perseverance, darn near was the very same platform that almost took his life. And he still has enough courageousness and enough, you know, the self-assurance and assurances from others to continue to press forward. That's the kind of inspirational thing that we all could use. This is bigger than just football and bigger than just tomorrow, and he recognizes that. Lou, so beautifully put by you because, you know, we, we all dissected all his words and the reflection. I think we can all admire what he's been through. But there's also this overwhelming amount of just emotion that was carried by this Buffalo Bills team as a whole. And to just hear him speak, we don't really get to hear him speak that often, or at least we haven't since the incident. So just, he's had beautiful things to say and great reflection, but just to hear his spirits are so high right now. And he is so motivated to get back on the field. I don't think this is just going to be a, a win just for DeMar Hamlin and his team. I think this is just a win for every single person who got to listen to him today to really never give up. Yeah, this message, this story will continue to reverberate across all platforms. I also want to give a shout out to the athletic training staff, to the first responders who saved his life so that DeMar Hamlin could be heard today, so that he could be back at practice. He could be cleared to play football again. And as he said, he could start his comeback. DeMar, it's great to have you back. Let's get to a developing story out of Los Angeles today with wide receiver Allen Robinson. Diana, we go back to you. What more can you tell us? All right, so right now the Steelers are working on finalizing a trade for 29-year-old Allen Robinson from the L.A. Rams. He's got to still pass this physical, but it's almost pretty much been agreed upon in terms of the compensation, what they're going to get for Allen Robinson. And guys, you remember last year, he was one of the big name free agents before the Rams signed him up on that three-year, roughly about $15 million a year contract. There was so much buzz about him during the preseason. It was uh, the, the Allen Robinson show in L.A., but as we saw that the season, as the season progressed, injuries on that team obviously was the major headline there, and he had his own set of injuries that he was dealing well with. So we'll see if this is going to be a fresh start for him in, per- in Pittsburgh, where we know they're certainly in need of a good receiver. Yeah, we'll get to the Pittsburgh angle of this, Diana, because I think that's huge too. But first, I want to start with the Rams side, Lewis. With Allen Robinson gone, this has to make you think full rebuild for the Rams, right? Absolutely, Laura. 
I mean, the juxtaposition <laughs> between the two franchises, between one is the buildup in Pittsburgh. Well, in the Rams, what we're talking right now, this is just a straight-up tear-down-to-the-studs type of situation. It really is. And look, what's coming home to roost right now, you're having to pay the piper when it comes to you-know-what them picks, as Marcus you know, alluded to <laughs> in, our, in, our, in our call. And you, you know what I'm talking about, you know, and how they feel about draft picks. Look, there, there's things that now they're having to come to grips with, which is now they're going to be a football team that has a quarterback who, when he spoke just the other day, was talking about right now I feel about as good as I can feel right now. We have one wide receiver right now, and that's Cooper Cup because our other wide receiver, Allen Robinson, who we thought was going to be a good player, is no longer here. We have a good group of tight ends, an offensive line that needs to be rebuilt. We have one good defensive player right now who is a game changer. This is not even close to being the same Super Bowl team as it was two years ago. This is a full rebuild, and they don't have a number one pick. They better hit on all their other draft picks and really, really be good at putting together a new roster, and people better be patient in L.A. Damn, Lou, leave them some hope. Leave them some hope, Lou Riddick. <laughs> nah, you right. It ain't none. It ain't none. It's a couple <laughs> years for some hope return to L.A. for the Rams. Here's the thing for the Steelers, though, Boogie. This is a – I think this is a phenomenal pickup. One, you're ushering in an opportunity for a young quarterback to continue to progress. Um, you look at this offense with George Pickens, a big-body receiver. You add Allen Lazard – I mean, not Allen Lazard. Allen Robinson to this mix – who is 6'2", George Pickens, the, the receiver that I alluded to at 6'3". And you think about both of these guys working in unison in a division where you have to be physical. Not only physical in catching the football, but physical in blocking. Because they still are going to want to run the ball in Pittsburgh as well. But this is, this is what you have the ability to do when you have confidence and some assurances in, in, in your young quarterback. You want to start to invest in them, build a roster, see how much he can make this roster and make these weapons more viable as you push to go forward. Pittsburgh getting a damn playoffs without having a good team sometimes. Mm. So now the fact that they are surrounding Kenny Pickett with some offensive weapons, the experience of Allen Robinson, the athletic ability of him as well, along with George Pickens, who they are very high on. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers made a great move and sneakily, we may be talking about this at the end of the season when they are pushing not only to get in the playoffs, but be a problem for whoever they face. Yeah, look, I'm not saying that Kenny Pickett is Jalen Hurts, but you see what the Eagles did, for instance, as a team that surrounded a younger Absolutely. quarterback with a lot of great weapons. And, you know, Lewis, when you think about the potential of what George Pickens can be, I, I love the guy. I thought he was incredibly talented even coming out of college. Now you put Allen Robinson on that offense. That's got to get you pretty excited if you're a Steelers fan. There's no question. Look, you build wide receiver rooms like you have a like you build a basketball team. You got to have your point guards. You got to have your power forwards. Maybe a big man. You got your guys on the perimeter. That's how. That's what they're doing. And Pittsburgh has done this in the wide in the wide receiver room over the past 10, 15 years as well as anyone. And the combination of Allen, the com along with George Pickens, along with Pat Fryermuth at tight end. I mean, this along with Deontay Johnson. These are the kind of people that now can make a young quarterback like Kenny Pickett feel as though, hey, look, I can really start, you know, spreading my wings a little bit. I can start taking some mm -hmm. more chances. I can start trying to create down the field because I have a bunch of different guys that I can go to in different situations. It's the blueprint. This is how you make young quarterbacks look good, unlike some other teams that aren't necessarily doing that mm. for their young quarterbacks.
Yeah, we don't like that. Uh, by the way, from from week ten on last season, guys. Lou Petty today. I, I know, like I love Petty it. Let's Lou. get Petty Lou going. I like Petty Lou. <laughs> from week ten on last season, the Steelers went six and two, and Kenny Pickett ranked eighth among quarterbacks in total QBR. That was without a guy like Allen Robinson mm -hmm. and maybe some more that they're going to even add in the draft potentially. We're just getting started today on NFL Live. Mel Kiper Jr. joins us to discuss the draft's top QBs. He'll tell you exactly why they picked Will Levis where they did and is Bryce Young still the number one overall pick? You'll hear from the Panthers GM on all that. Plus, the Patriots' new offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien addressed the media today. Hear what he had to say about what we should expect coming out of Mac Jones this upcoming season. We'll be right back on NFL Live. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Will we see four quarterbacks in the top five picks of the NFL draft coming up? Well, those are the four that it could be, right? But it's getting a little murky at the top, especially behind Bryce Young. Here's Panthers GM Scott Fitterer on their approach to having the number one overall pick. No, you know what? We're still going through the process. You know, obviously through the this whole since February, the combine, everything else, there's been some clarity. But we've made a conscious effort to keep an open mind about this. We saw yesterday that Bryce canceled his last visit. Yeah. Has there been communication to him that he's the pick? No, there is not. And, you know, that, that was a decision he made on his own. And. Uh, I just refer you to, you know, his reps and to Bryce as to why. Okay, so Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay have a joint GM mock draft out now that's fascinating. This is not based on what they're hearing like some of their other mocks, but rather what they would do if they were the GMs in charge of drafting for these teams. So, of course, as usual, we welcome in Mel Kuyper Jr. with a little bit more here. Mel, we start with the quarterbacks. How do you think this ends up shaking out in your mind, what would you do with these four quarterbacks and how you draft them? Laura, it's a number one pick overall Carolina. The process should be over and the decision should be made. If Bryce Young's the guy, you should know that by now. Obviously, you want to have some mystery and lead up you know, to the draft with the NFL wanting that mystery. don't want to lock in right now. But certainly Bryce Young, number one to Carolina, is what everybody seems to be hearing right now. Number two is where it gets a little you know, iffy. You know, C.J. Stroud makes sense, but it looks like they could go Will Anderson Jr. We, uh, Todd still took C.J. Stroud with the second pick in this exercise we did. And then that allowed Anthony Richardson to be a pick by Indy. 
and then Will Levis ended up sliding, Lars. So I would have taken Will Levis at four. Todd took Anthony Richardson. That allowed Will Levis to get down to my pick when I took him with the Tennessee Titans at pick number 11. So if that happens, there's no trades allowed in this exercise. If that happened, I believe somebody would move up to get Will Levis ahead of that pick at 11 and get into that top 10 overall. So I think four quarterbacks in the top 10, but certainly not right now the way it looks right now within the top four to five overall. Yeah, it's a good point of clarification there, Mel, that you and Todd alternate picks as GMs in this GM mock that you do together. And for Will Levis and those purposes, you know, we have seen him fall a little bit for some people, but just speak to me about if this Titan situation happened, why you think that would be a fit that would make sense for him and for Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill's there for a year, Lara. Malik Willis is developmental coming out of Liberty, third round pick last year. Uh, if you see a Will Levis, who I think is one of the best, second best quarterback in this draft, if they agree, and we don't know that, Lara, but if they agree and you see him sliding down and you're at 11, do you just wait it out? Hey, Ben Roethlisberger slid to the Steelers. They waited out. Now, Buffalo didn't wait for Josh Allen. They went from 12 to 7 and got him. Chicago didn't wait for Justin Fields. They went from 20 to 11 and got Justin. So here it's going to be interesting to see. Do you just gamble and wait? Or idea. Mac Jones slid down to New England a few years ago. New England didn't move, Lara. So sometimes if you're patient, it can fall well for you. But if you really love that quarterback and they have a strong opinion of Will Levis, waiting till 11 could be risky. Yeah, Mel, I'm not patient at all. If I was a GM, I'd be like, draft him at the top. Make sure we got him. Why risk it? Okay, tonight, make sure you check out the Sports Center special that features, of course, Mel and Todd McShay, their three round GM mock. It's really interesting stuff. It airs at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. Todd, Mel, Chris Mortensen, and Field Yates hosts. We'll see you guys there. Thanks, Mel. Thanks, Laura. A lot of people are going to be interested in where Will Levis is in this as we welcome in our draft analyst, Matt Miller, with a little bit more. You heard what Mel said about why it ended up that way in their mock draft, their GM mock. But what do you think about the Levis conversation with the latest that you're hearing, Matt? Yeah, Laura, the godfather Mel is on point as usual. And I think that is the conversation around the league right now is what happens with this domino effect. Will Levis, his draft range right now is anywhere from two overall to 11 overall. And I think that's the hard part is figuring out where exactly he would slot in. I think his floor is probably number 12 with the Houston Texans if they don't take him at two or if they trade out of that pick. It's hard for a lot of us to understand, could they go into the season with Davis Mills and Case Keenum as the only two quarterbacks on that roster? So I think Houston at 12, if I'm Will Levis's camp, that's where we really start paying attention to the TV if his name hasn't been called yet. Interesting. Will Levis, by the way, currently the favorite to be the fourth overall pick. That would be the Colts in this year's draft, according to odds makers, and has the second shortest odds to be the second overall pick behind only Will Anderson Jr. So they usually know what they're talking about. Matt, more from you coming. Stick around. Let's read and react with the latest around the NFL, starting with New England and new offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien meeting with the media. This is what he said about Mac Jones. How good could Mac Jones be? You know, I think, Tom, I think the big thing for us right now is, is everybody start with a clean slate. You know, I think that uh, every year is different. I think this year is no different than any other year relative to each year in the NFL is different. Right. So what you did in the past or whether it's a player or a coach or anybody in the organization really has no bearing on what happens moving forward. So, like, you know, we just started yesterday and we're looking forward to having a good phase one and then a good phase two and then a good phase three. And that's kind of what it's all about. Lewis, maybe a clean slate, but is Mac Jones still the best option at quarterback in New England? 
Yeah, I believe he is. And you know what? I couldn't agree with Bill O'Brien more as to, you know, what happened in the past has no bearing on what happened in the future. Because what happened in the past last year to Mac Jones in terms of how it was structured from a coaching staff perspective and what he had at his disposal in terms of wide receivers and offensive line and running game support was abysmal. So, yeah, let's throw that out. Let's forget about last year because it doesn't mean anything. Let's start over new this year because Mac had no shot last year. Let's get to the Bills, uh, who have been rumbling all offseason, okay, about Josh Allen protecting himself and not running as much next season. Here's what Josh Allen said about that. I know it sounds crazy, but I'm getting older. You know, it's like I can't, I can't continue to do this. I know when I'm using my youth, I, I feel like I can. Um, but over the course of my career, I'm going to have to learn to adapt and change. And, you know, I've always had the mindset of, of I've been a football player first and a quarterback second. And at some point, that's going to have to switch. Um, when that point is, I don't know. I guess I'll let my, my body tell me. But um, I do want to be, like I said, I want to be the smartest quarterback with the football in my hands. I don't want to put the ball in harm's way um, because I know how detrimental that is for our team. All right, so that's Josh. Marcus, who should the Bills be targeting in the draft around him? I, I, look, you got to go wide receiver. You got to get some help from Stefan Diggs. They made some moves um, in the backfield. But the, fact, the, the point is, Boogie, will they use more guys than just turning around and saying, Josh Allen, go win the game for us? Because that's what the case has been, and that's why he's had to put his body in harm's way. This needs to be a holistic approach from the Buffalo Bills and expanding this offense and getting more out of the pieces around him, which I think they can do because that body going to start hurting pretty soon. Mm, get old. Everything starts hurting. Hey, to Cleveland, where we heard from quarterback Deshaun Watson today. Here's what he said. Yeah, I know who I am. Uh, this this organization know who I am. And the guys that I play with know who I am. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, everyone have their own opinions of what, what they want to, you know, say or how, how they want to, you know, kind of, just the fact of, of last year, but at the end of the day, you know, I have an opportunity to go out there and prove what I need to prove in 2023, and that's what I'm focused on. I'm not focused on what anybody else has to say. Diana, what is the feeling in the building surrounding Deshaun Watson? Night and day. That's actually Deshaun Watson's words when describing how this year already feels. And Kevin Stefanski also spoke to the media today, and he says it all feels so different around the building. Watson's been working out with a lot of the skill position players during this offseason, dating back to February already. So there's already a feeling of chemistry, and they already feel like they are far ahead from where they were last year. So obviously one year's made a big difference. You have a lot of new faces though in Cleveland and a lot of players, especially on the defensive side of the ball, who are gonna be new to the Browns. So they have some time here to get this adjusted, but so far they feel like they've really turned, on, turned the page there in Cleveland. Yeah, if all those new faces come together with who's already there, the Browns could be a force to be reckoned with next season. Still to come on NFL Live with Jalen Hurts' record-making deal. How did the Eagles set him up for even more success? The player in this draft, Marcus, would love to see them get. Don't worry, y'all. He's taking that Cowboys hat off for this one. He's going to tell you the truth about those Eagles flying high. We'll be right back. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The first family of quarterbacks. One, two, three, QBs. I mean, this is real football, right? Passing on their quarterback knowledge, some of the top college QBs <laughs> nice shot, in the country. Hey, fellas, we work every day for this, man. From Kentucky, Will Levis. Anthony Richardson. Anyway, Florida. Good, good. Hey, Archie, how you doing? That was a great comeback against Texas. He's actually the most intriguing player in the draft. He can just throw it to himself. He'd be unstoppable. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Check out the journey of all four of those quarterbacks as Archie, Peyton, and Eli help them prepare for the NFL draft. It's called On the Clock, presented by Ego Outdoor Power Tools, exclusively on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Something incredible to watch before the draft. Lots of NFL news going on right now. Diana Rossini is here to take us through all of it. Diana, let's start with Georgia D lineman Jalen Carter. Yeah, Laura, this has got to be the draft's biggest wild card at this point, right? Because I feel like we are hearing so many different things. I can tell you what I'm hearing. I spoke to a head coach today who's obviously very interested in bringing on Carter. And he's like, look, he is the most talented player in the draft. I don't think anyone's really debating that. But teams are still doing their work on the type of player he is off the field, the kind of guy he's going to be in the locker room. These are questions that I know a lot of teams have had, but we know. He's only visiting with those top 10 teams, and today he was with the Lions, and tomorrow he'll visit with the Falcons. Meantime, Aaron Rodgers. Guys, did you realize it was a month ago that Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show and said that he wanted to be a New York Jet and that that was the decision he made and that he was going to retire, but he decided not to, and yet here we are. He's still on the Green Bay Packers roster. Now, the two sides haven't had a lot of communication since the league meetings two weeks ago, but... I do expect these things to start ramping up, ramping up at least the conversations uh, before the draft, of course, knowing that the Green Bay Packers are going to want to get this done. And then, of course, Lamar Jackson continues to be making headlines, not because we have anything new to report. We know he's got 90 days to get that long-term contract done. But in terms of other teams really trying to dig in on him and perhaps maybe uh, offer a contract, none of that has happened over the last few weeks. At least no teams that I have spoken to have shown true, real interest in Lamar Jackson. But of course, we have to start thinking about making those comparisons because we saw Jalen Hurts uh, yesterday get that great, lucrative, long-term deal from Philly. And there are some similarities between the contract that was offered from the Baltimore Ravens to Lamar Jackson and what Jalen Hurts got yesterday. In fact, when you go back and look at some of the reporting we've done, there were some things that Lamar Jackson was getting from Baltimore that were even better than what Jalen Hurts was able to get yesterday. But of course, we know what Lamar wants, Laura, and that's that Deshaun Watson like guaranteed money. Yeah, Mina Kimes pointed out yesterday, it's just becoming more and more apparent that Deshaun Watson's deal is the outlier here in comparison to these other deals that top quarterbacks 
are getting. We'll see how that affects Lamar. Thanks to Diana Moore from her coming. Yesterday, we found out that Jalen Hurts had agreed to a new five-year extension worth $255 million. Last night, Adam Schefter revealed some more details in the contract, including Hurts' cap hits in each of the next four seasons. For context, Hurts' cap hit of $6.15 million next season ranks 26th among quarterbacks in 2023, and his cap hit of $13.56 million in 2024, 16th at the position. A very team-friendly deal for Jalen Hurts that benefits everybody, right, Lewis? Do you like the deal and the structure of it? I really do. Look, I think, you know, how Jalen Hurts feels about this is up to him. Whether or not he feels as though, you know, maybe not pushing for the absolute maximum amount of money, you know, and which would then, you know, preclude the Philadelphia Eagles from putting the team around him was not something he wanted to do. So I think, you know, it's a win for him because he obviously feels good about the deal and I would feel good about the deal too if I had got $110 million guaranteed to me as soon as I signed a piece of paper. As far as the Eagles are concerned, of course they feel great about it because it comes at very good cap numbers, especially in those first four years. They can continue to build out this roster around him as far as making sure that the offensive line is taken care of, making sure the wide receiver running back room is taken care of, adding pieces on the defensive line that continue to make sure they fortify this pass rush. I think it's all good. It's a win-win in the truest sense of the word for Philadelphia, and I don't think there's any reason to believe that this football team should not be in a position to not only win their division, but win the conference and get back to the Super Bowl and win it this time. Mm, yeah, I mean, it's smart when you're thinking about Jalen Hurts long term. He's like, let me see if I can win some more, win an actual Super Bowl right. and continue to get back to the game. Matt, let's talk about the future of this team a little more specifically. We, we referenced that Kuiper McShay GM mock draft. They have them taking Bijan Robinson, the running back at number 10. Some people may say it's too high for a running back, but Bijan's different, right? Bijan is very different. I don't personally think it's too early, but I don't think GM Howie Roseman, this is not the type of move that he's known to make. So maybe he'll shock us all with the best player available type pick. But when I look at Philadelphia, I look at the secondary. So I go, I feel you, buddy. I look at the secondary. They were able to bring back Darius Slay. They were able to bring back James Bradbury. But those are short-term deals. So I think you have to look at someone like Christian Gonzalez from Oregon if he's available. Devin Witherspoon from Illinois would be the dream. Six foot, 181 pounds, the best hitter in the secondary in this year's class. So I think Witherspoon with the ball tracking ability. And I'm telling you, when you watch him come up to play the run or even in coverage, he is just incredibly physical. So this is a good corner class where I think the Eagles can start to think about the economics of the roster. They can get a little bit cheaper at corner. We saw the Chiefs do that last year with three corners drafted. They all contributed in that Super Bowl win. So I think Philadelphia has to play a little copycat and try to find their own rookie corners they can build around. Well, obviously, Matt Miller makes sense with the pick of cornerback with two <laughs> aging guys that they actually were thought they were going to lose Darius Slay this year in a deal for him to move on to another team. So I get it. But if Bijan Robinson is sitting there, that's like that that big porterhouse that you never had before, and it's gonna give you all the protein and make you so much better. And you saw what this team did offensively last year with the run game and how much it impacted Jalen Hurts' performance as well with what they were able to do from a multiplicity standpoint. Shane Steichen is going to the Indianapolis Colts, and we don't know how this offense is going to change. I don't expect it to change much because of the skill set of their quarterback. But Bijan Robinson talent and how the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line is built 
and the way that he runs the football, it just feels like a plug and play and you're back to your old ways of being a physical run game, but also explosive. Miles Sanders did a phenomenal job who departed from this team. You add B. John Robinson, who I think is a better back than Miles Sanders, mm. into this offense. Yep. Now you've devastated yep. teams again. And all year we talked about on television, how in the hell do you stop the Philadelphia Eagles? I think that piece <laughs> would make them more unstoppable than they were last year. You know, I've heard some Bijan Robinson comparisons. Saquon Barkley, you know, there's a few here and there. I haven't heard him yet compared yeah. to a Porterhouse steak. Porterhouse. So that's a first time we're here. I don't know where he came from, but he I came love out. It. Hey, y'all should see all of us here on NFL Live taking down a Porterhouse because we can do that here on this show. Coming up next, we'll be right back with a little bit more on the Lions. Receiver Amonra St. Brown says his team has the best offense in the NFL. Hear why Lewis agrees, and he's ready to call Detroit Super Bowl contenders. Don't miss it. More NFL Live on ESPN after this. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The NFL Draft is nine days away, April 27th, 28th, and 29th. We'll have every pick once again on ESPN. It's also available on the NFL Network. NFL Live will be there both Friday, uh, Thursday and Friday, two-hour specials. Don't miss us, three to five. ABC's coverage focuses on the prospect's journey to the draft all three days, also live on ESPN Deportes, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. And a lot will revolve around Bryce Young, who could go number one overall. He spent some time with Ryan Clark and the guys on the Pivot Podcast. They act like you are a damn Lord of the Rings <laughs> Hobbit or something. <laughs> like, is it, is it that, because great in high school, mm, yeah. Heisman Trophy winner, has that always been there? Because the league will go find some <laughs> to knock you and take some money from you now. <laughs> has it always been there? Have you always been, have you always been questioned about your side? For sure, for sure. I, I, I couldn't remember a time I wasn't. Um, <laughs> I've, I've always been, you know, respected to the people around me. I've always been this height. I've always been, been shorter. I've always been smaller. And I, I couldn't. And I think a lot of people always say, like, man, you must be sick of this, this draft process. People talking about your size, like, uh, like I'm, I'm 21. I've been dealing with this my whole life. Like, this is not new at all. <laughs> he said, Hobbit. Okay, check out Bryce Young's appearance <laughs> on The Pivot. It's excellent stuff and a lot of great insight into who he is as a player. And you saw a little bit of it there. He doesn't care if people say he's small. Uh, let's continue with the draft buzz because it's buzzing, Matt Miller. We Play dive me. in, beginning with Bryce Young, who says he's done visiting teams. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, Laura, Bryce Young has let it be known he is done visiting teams after spending time with the Carolina Panthers in Houston, Texas. Those two teams have the first two picks in the NFL draft, of course. And everything you hear around the league, the Carolina Panthers can say they don't know who the pick's going to be. They could say they haven't communicated to Bryce Young. Bryce Young knows he's going to be the first pick when next Thursday gets here, which is why he can shut down the frequent flyer miles and stay home for the next nine days and get ready to be the first pick in Kansas City. Now, another quarterback who is 
racking up those miles is Hendon Hooker, who had a surprise and kind of interesting visit with the New York Giants, who just signed Daniel Jones, their starting quarterback, to an extension. This one is one with talking to people around the league. They say you have to do your due diligence just in case a player falls. There's also, I think, that sneaky suspicion. Daniel Jones just had his best career year. Can he duplicate that in 2024? And finally, Jalen Carter, one of the biggest names in this entire pre-draft process. He's visiting the Atlanta Falcons today, close to his roots in Athens, Georgia. Carter has met with teams at 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10 in the first round. And there is a strong belief around the league. He will not slip past the Chicago Bears at number nine overall. Team that was really slotted to take him at number one overall when they had that first pick. So Jalen Carter feels comfortable. He's going to be hearing his name called very early next Thursday night. Yeah, interesting for Chicago, Matt, to your point. They can still get him, and that's probably who they wanted anyway. The Lions were one of those teams in the top ten that Carter has visited with as well. And they have four selections in the top 55 picks in this year's draft. Here's a look at who Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay have them taking in the first two rounds of their latest GM mock draft. In the first round, it's all about defensive line with Detroit selecting Tyree Wilson and Kalijah Kansi. Second round, they had the Lions adding running back Jameer Gibbs. I love it. Linebacker Drew Sanders, some great pickups. All those pieces just might set this team up for even more success. And Amonra St. Brown says they're already holding themselves to high standards. Here's more on that, specifically about their offense. He said, quote, we had a pretty decent offense last year. Obviously, you want to be number one in every category. So I think that's what we're striving for as an offense. I think that's everyone's goal in offense because we know we can do it. Whatever we got to do to be number one in all those categories, that's what we're going to do. Well, Jared Goff chimed in, tempered some expectations a little bit, saying, quote, I don't believe there are any favorites to win anything in April, but what do I know? A lot can change from now until August or whatever. We like what we've done in the offseason and last year, but plenty of stuff to get better and work on. So kind of two sides of the coin there. But either way, we agree that hope should be high for the Lions. A lot of us on this show feel like they're going to be a force to be reckoned with next season. Lewis, where do you rank the Lions in the NFC North? I think they're easily the favorites to win the division, Laura. I think we, on offense, look, the addition of David Montgomery to go along with DeAndre Swift is huge. I think now that Jamison Williams will be healthy for an entire season, I think that is huge on the outside, to, in the, on the perimeter. I think defensively, they really address some things, especially in the secondary with, you know, the signing of guys like Emmanuel Mosley and then C.J. Gardner-Johnson. They just need to get some pass rush help to go along with Aiden Hutchinson. And I can tell you this, this team is primed and ready to roll. They finished the season 8-10 and 10 last year. Their defense played great down the stretch, and Jared Goff was on fire. This team's going to be a problem in 2023, all the way to maybe the NFC Championship game. It, yes. They, they yes. finished on a roll last year. It felt like they were a team that nobody wanted to run into, and they'll take that next step no matter what. Matt, we saw what Todd and Mel did in their GM mock that just debuted. What are you hearing about the Lions and their draft options with those four picks? Yeah, that was a fantastic haul that the guys put together for the Lions. I think Detroit fans would be very happy. One thing I'm hearing consistently, and I think Lewis mentioned it here, is cornerback help is still needed. They traded away Jeff Akuda, who has been injured often in his career, but he was coming off a career year. Even with Cam Sutton and Emmanuel Mosley coming in, there's a belief that they would like to find a young number one corner. That could be Devin Weatherspoon from Illinois, who had a fantastic season last year. And then I think you have to go to the pass rush. James Houston, a sixth-round pick, had great production last year. We know how great Aiden Hutchinson is. 
I'm not just doing this for Lewis Riddick, who was a great Pitt Panther himself, but Kalijah Kansu would be fantastic in this defense with his first step quickness, with the pass rush ability. I don't know how five offensive linemen could block what they could do with Hutchinson, Kansi, and Houston. That is a lot of speed at three premier positions. So that would be, I think, the ideal situation, talking to those people around the league about how Detroit can pull ahead in the NFC North. But what if you could get Jalen Carter at six Ooh. and Kansi at 18? Like, you think about this team. Right. And we, we think about the Detroit Lions physicality. They bring they bring lunch pails to work. And those are the type of guys that they want to put on this football team. I played football with Dan Campbell. He was a tight end. He is hard nosed and about the line of scrimmage. I'm telling y'all right now, if Jalen Carter available at number six, that damn card would burn up from me trying to take it up there to the commissioner to put it on the boy, <laughs> especially with what I drafted in Aiden Hutchinson last year and the year he put together and the impact that these type of three techniques are having on championship football teams and defenses in general. There is no doubt in my mind if it was me and Jalen Carter was sitting there with all of the things figured out from a legal standpoint with him already. That'll be the card I'm running up there with. And pray to God that Kansi is there at 18. Because yeah. now I got a defensive line, like I saw the Philadelphia Eagles with, with 70 sacks last year, that I could really put out there and know that I could dominate games in that regard. As you've told us, interior D-line, that's where it's at. Those are going to be some of the game changers with where the game is at right now in the NFL. And listen, Swagoo can hustle. Come so on, that card would be burning up, but it, you got to watch him Make cover some ground, man. He's fast, okay? <laughs> when we come back on NFL Live, the Cardinals still in limbo on their future with Pro Bowl wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. But Marcus has a new landing spot he wants to see Hopkins at. We'll tell you where that is and why. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in to NFL Live. back on NFL Live. Lots of action going on with the Arizona Cardinals right now. Diana Rossini, what's the latest? Start with Buda Baker. They got a lot of players that want out right there. And Buda, Buda wants out. He's a high-paying safety right now, but he has requested a trade. Look, this has been going on for a few months, Laura, and he's got two years left on his deal. He wants a contract extension from the team. He wants to be the highest-paid player at that position, but Arizona, they don't want to trade him yet. And they know he also doesn't want to be on this rebuilding roster. So for now, he's on the team, but we know he's unhappy. So we'll see what Arizona will decide to do. Now, we'll also see what Arizona decides to do around draft time with DeAndre Hopkins, right? So we know that both sides have been open to dealing DeAndre Hopkins now for, for a few months now. And Hopkins tweeted that he doesn't want a raise, but here's the thing. He's most likely going to get a new deal, and he's going to want one. He's just claiming that he doesn't want to get paid any more money. And there are a few teams that he's speaking with directly because right now he is going through a change in agents, so that's something he's doing. And the Arizona Cardinals have been fielding calls from several different teams around the league, and they've also been making calls, Laura, to try to get out of that spot. That's why so many insiders are reporting and sharing with you here on the show that we don't believe Arizona is going to be there at three because we know that they want to get out of there too. So we'll see which team is going to be willing to give up to move up. Mark, there's a lot of movement and changes happening in Arizona. Why do you think this is going on? Yeah, I think this is a franchise and an organization right now in disarray. Um, mm -hmm. You think about 
Buda Baker won out because of a contract deal. You think about DeAndre Hopkins. A couple years ago, we thought Arizona was a playoff team and going to make a deep run. Kyler Murray was in the MVP conversation. And I also believe Kyler Murray has something to do with that. Hell, somebody got to say it. For the fact the fact that your, your top wide receiver wants out, you don't have rapport enough with the QB to want to stay. There's a new regime there trying to coach it up, get things changed. There's things going on within the organization and the front office with allegations and all type of stuff. It's happening. So this is disarray. This is dysfunction right now in Arizona. And two of your best players want to walk out the door. You got to get some things fixed. Yeah, this is not a good reflection on their culture down there, quite honestly. I mean, when you have players who are top upper echelon players who are, for whatever reason, not wanting to be a part of your organization, that's a problem. Look, all the other stuff that's going on with the former front office executive and the owner and all that, I mean, it's hard to, like, decipher who to believe through all that mess and and what's true and what isn't true. But still, it's just just not a good look. And you're right, Marcus. Look, all the stuff that has surrounded Kyler Murray since the day he set foot there in terms of his maturity and his leadership style – that has been something that has just dogged this organization during his entire tenure. So they need to get some things straightened out there, and they need to get them straightened out fast. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is a key draft for them, Lewis, where they can find a new face of this franchise at pick number three, or if they trade back, they need someone like Will Anderson. You need a high character player coming from a program at Alabama where he knows how to win. Someone who Nick Saban has repeatedly mentioned as a leader, someone who's accountable, someone who has that work ethic. So whether they trade from three or not, I think this is a franchise that has to find someone that can be that accountable leader, even as a rookie. Love it, guys. Uh, We got time for one more thing before we go. And for this, did you see Mike McDaniel and his glow up? This guy has really changed over the years. Look at at the top photo and then the bottom. McDaniel, it only gets better. Oh, my (laughs) God. Good for him. And then, oh, my goodness. This is our glow up. Look at that. Come on, man. Oh, Lord. (laughs) You know what? Y'all look great then and you look great now. <laughs> That's Petty Lou right there. I know I Lou, I'm Matt doing the same Lula. thing. Can't I'm the doing the same thing. Inside. Where did it all go? <laughs> Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.